Αγαπητοί ακροατές, καλησπέρα σε άλλη μια εβδομαδία εκπομπή εδώ στο Τουνταμπλέμ μελωδικό σταθμός Μελωδίες Ζωής Είμαι ο Δημήτρης Παπαλέξης και θα σας κρατήσω συντροφιά σήμερα για την επόμενη ώρα Όπως πάντοτε όπως συνήθως έχουμε άλλη μια εκλεκτή καλεσμένη σήμερα η οποία θα μας μιλήσει για τη ζωή της για το βιβλίο που έχει γράψει και έχει εκδώσει η ίδια για τον εκδοτικό της οίκο και για διάφορα άλλα ενδιαφέροντα όσον αφορά τη ζωή, όσον αφορά την υγεία, όσον αφορά το πώς μπορούμε να πραγματοποιήσουμε αυτά που, που θέλουμε να πραγματοποιήσουμε. Αυτή τη συνέντευξη θα την κάνω στα αγγλικά, διότι η εκλεκτή καλεσμένη μου, Emma Πέρο, είναι συγγραφέας, mentor, coach και μητέρα, ε, η οποία έρχεται από την Αγγλία αρχικά και μένει αυτή τη στιγμή στο Wollongong, στο Σίδνη, στην Αυστραλία οπότε θα μιλήσουμε στα αγγλικά και θα σας ξεναγήσουμε σε διάφορες ε, ιστορίες και διάφορα ωραία θέματα τα οποία θα ακούσουμε αυτή τη στιγμή Α, θα διαβάσω στα αγγλικά πρώτα την, ε, το introduction την εισαγωγική για την Emma και μετά θα, θα την καλωσορίσουμε στην εκπομπή μας Η Emma P. is an author, mentor, coach and mom She's an expert at getting shit done Emma Perro currently lives in Wollongong, Australia with her family and cat Bobby. And the title of her book is The Seven Secrets to Getting Shit Done. Uh, I would like to welcome you, Emma, to our show today. Hey there. Can you hear us? I certainly can. Hello? Hello. Yes, uh, welcome, Emma. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for accepting my invitation to come to our radio show today and share some of your insights and treasures. No worries at all. Um, first of all, I think it's, uh, it's going to be useful if you tell us a bit uh, about yourself. Like, who is Emma? Who is Emma? Because I could be here for hours, but I'll try and keep it short and sweet for you. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I am a 40-year-old woman living in uh, Wollongong, but I'm actually originally from the UK. Yes. I came out to Australia when I was 18 on a uni break from uni and um, fell in love with a boy. So there's a bit of a story there, but I've been out here for 20-odd years now. And for the last uh, eight, seven, eight years, I've been running my own businesses. And for the last four years, I've been a coach and um, got a daughter and love living in Wollongong. It's a beautiful place to live. I'm very, very blessed to live here. And I have a lot of fun. So I don't call anything work anymore. I have a lot of fun. Um, that's very interesting, coming from the UK, living in Wollongong, having a daughter, um, and having fun and being a coach. So talk to us a bit uh, about this part of, uh, of yourself, being a coach and having fun. What, what is, because uh, this is a term that's a bit technical, so not everyone knows what coaching is. That's Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, what is your insight into coaching? So, coaching, well, initially I started coaching. So, I was a, a, a personal trainer, and I owned a couple of health studios. And so, I would um, coach people in the, their health and fitness, and their food, and in their exercise, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I became unwell myself, and I physically couldn't teach many classes. And so, I decided that I would study uh, life coaching and NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And as a result, I worked out it wasn't actually about their health and fitness. It was more about their mindset. And so I started coaching some ex-Biggest Loser contestants. 
mm-hmm. and that was fascinating in itself. But the the idea behind my coaching has evolved over the years, but essentially helping people move forward. So we can always sit in the past and we can sit in the what what could have been. It's more about moving forward. And I have a lot of fun in doing that because I can see change within minutes of talking to somebody about them and moving forward. Moving forward. And I'm just going to read the title of your book again because I think it's really interesting. Uh, the Seven Secrets to Getting Shit Done. Your guide to taking action and getting shit done, allowing, your, allowing you to focus on what really matters. What is this book about, Emma? So it's very provocative, so... <laughs> <laughs> Are you a provocative person? How do you provoke others through your coaching? You know, and I think um, I, I am a little bit provocative. I, don't, I, I am me, and if no one likes me, I don't really care. But it's more about... I care less, so I can care more, to be quite honest. But the book itself... Um, I wrote essentially because I was lazy because people kept asking me how how did I get so much shit done so I wrote this book in four weeks and last last Christmas holidays actually I wrote it because I had to get my shit done but also because it wasn't that hard to write because I was also living and breathing what I do in the book so the book is more of a manual and if you want to get your shit done you can just pick it up and open it at a chapter and do one of those things. It sounds interesting, like writing a book in four weeks <laughs> about something that's so controversial. Like, I mean, people, uh, we are used to come up with all these excuses, you know, yeah. and factors why we can't get our shit done, you know, why we can't accomplish our goals, dreams, have the relationship we want to have, the body we want to have, the money we want to have in our bank account. Um, how did this process come? Like, was it an inspiration? How would you describe the process of you sitting down in Christmas and writing a book in four months and then... Yeah, then I want to ask also about the publishing thing. But of course, yeah. yeah first, I'm so interested in your creative process. Well, what I happened to you? Really, I stupidly chose school holidays. I figured I had more time, but yes. if any parents are listening, they, they don't actually have any more time during school holidays anyway. But um, because I've made the commitment and I do stand by my word, and if I'm going to do something, I'll do it. Obviously, the book. Mm. But um, I basically got up early at you know four o'clock, four thirty in the morning, maybe five in the morning, and just um, I did a thousand words um, a day on the on the book. So thirty thousand words is not actually that hard to to accumulate in a month. So I chunked it down into very small pieces, if that makes sense, <laughs> and then just and just got up early. Small <laughs> tangible, small tangible goals like. Waking up earlier in the morning and writing 1,000 words per day yes. seems like a good plan to me. Yeah, and not and not unachievable, really. It was it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I mean, as, as I said, because it's something that I'm already living and breathing. Um, I I just sat down at the computer and I would just smash out a thousand words and then I would go and do the school holiday thing. <laughs> it's so. Is it uh, like what we are saying? There are some many people. Many of us, many times, we have so many stories inside us, you know, so many experiences, and we want to express them, you know, and there are some people who are lucky enough to be able to express them through songs or making movies, you know, or giving speeches or paintings, and also writing books is also another way of expressing what you are living, right? I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, a, it's another creative outlet, and I, I, never, I didn't consider myself to be a writer, per se, but people had already always told me that I, I was because I would, I would blog every day or every few days and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the process so it was actually quite an enjoyable thing to do 
um, and I'm very lucky to have been able to do it, to be honest. Do you consider yourself a writer today? Yes, I do. What would you say to all these people out there that uh, they do have a story and they are, their self-esteem is not there yet in terms of uh, seeing themselves in their identity as a writer, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, look, if anyone wants to do that, I would suggest that they either talk to people who are writers mm -hmm. or use good old Google and YouTube and, and listen and watch people who are and model what they're doing, even if it's not everything, model a piece of them. So if they're listening to me and going, well, I want to write a book and I need to get up an hour early to do that, then do that. Um, the identity around being an author is, is a big deal and it's itself and I think that goes through with the whole process and throughout the writing process I would I would try and identify what a writer was to me and you know there were things coming up where you know movies don't help particularly because I had images in my head of a writer hitting a typewriter till three in the morning and, and yes, so far, you know. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to do yes I was going to do the opposite but it's interesting what we believe something to be versus what our reality is versus putting ourselves out there, and that in itself is another thing as well. So, in a way, if someone comes to you and um, he wants to write a book, so maybe uh, you, according to what you said, you're going to use coaching yes. and help this person, first of all, work with his mindset, I guess, yep. believing he can do it, and then actually coming up with a plan, a strategic plan that will fit his or her life, right? And, That's correct. And yes. how to Working do it. So this is a form that coaching can take, right, among others? Yes. Definitely. And I want to get back to that uh, a bit later on about the process of writing a book, and I know that you have a program as well. But first I would like to ask you a bit more about the life coach thing. I think it's an interesting profession, you know. People know psychologists, they know psychiatrists, they know lawyers. But when we talk about a life coach, I think even though uh, we that we are in this area, working in this area with human development, we do know what it means, how would we explain it more into a layperson? Um... Life coach. Yeah, what, life, what is life coaching? I psychologists and counsellors and things like that. Um, I, the way I try to explain it to somebody is that I, I totally believe in psychology and, and counselling. I think it definitely has its place. But for a lot of people sitting in the past and trying to work out where they've gone wrong or what, what happened, is, it can help some people, but it can also stall some people from moving forward because they can sit in that space of the past. Whereas with life coaching... Um, as I've mentioned earlier, it's about moving forward and putting a plan into place, and not only putting that plan into place, but also being accountable to somebody else. So it's all fair enough to say we're going to go and do, we're going to go and climb Everest. But if you've got nobody to be accountable to, i.e., a coach, then you're less likely to do that. So the main difference would be, let's say, between counselling and coaching: the fact that counselling or psychology will look more into the past. While, I believe, yes, yes. I mean, primarily. There are definitely some tools that cross over. Yes, of course. Um, but yeah. I know in terms of where I sit with my clients, it's definitely about noticing what happened in the past, learning from that, it's feedback, yes. and how could I move forward knowing what I know now. Because it was, as human beings, we, we love patterns. We love doing the, the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different outcomes. Mm. But we don't realize it until someone maybe just points that pattern out or that behavior out or that language pattern out. Until someone points it out, we don't even know we're doing something different. So it's definitely, yeah, having that structure, having that accountability and, and obviously chunking it down into small bite-sized pieces. I often talk about how do you eat an elephant? 
and you know, and it's fairly big. So we start with his toenails. So in coaching, we start with the toenails and work our way up. Focusing on the future and keeping the person accountable. Yeah. It it reminds. Uh, I guess I'm looking a bit into the background of that. Where did it come from? Where does it come from? It's. I think the role of mentoring and coaching is inherent in our nature, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, older people you used to take that in the past. And in nowadays, sometimes uh, when we don't have this reference that we had back, you know, back in the times, and then that can be a profession that fills in that gap. So I'm going to hear more with, about, uh, from Emma about her book and life coaching soon after the break. Life Melodies with Emma Perro. Emma is an author, mentor, coach, and mom. She wrote a book, The Seven Secrets to Getting Shit Done. Is it possible to get your shit done? The answer is yes. Emma Perro will show you how to get it all done with her tools, inspiration, and straightforward advice. Emma, how did you get all this confidence? I guess as a mom, you know, and being in a foreign country like Australia. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and to write a book, to publish it, and to help others follow up on their dreams, you know, fix their bodies, fix their relationships. I think it's the key, and I've said this for a few years, is um, fake it till you make it. <laughs> fake it till you make it, yes. <laughs> so, I know that recipe. <laughs> yeah, so you, you kind of have to pretend for a while that you can, you can do it. And I think a lot of people were not um, keen enough to, to have faith in themselves, so they're not even keen to try it because they fear failure so much. Mm. But um, I attribute a lot of my confidence these days to becoming a Zumba, Zumba instructor, with, of all things. So Zumba is a, an aerobics dance craze, which was around a few years ago. And I've never done anything like that in my life. And I, I did the course, and then I taught lots of people Zumba. And you have to fake it to make it, because you're on stage in front of 50 people yes. um, learning a new dance. So I actually attribute some of my confidence to learning Zumba. Take it to be made with Zumba. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess, uh, yeah, you mentioned some big words here like failure, faith, and I guess we all struggle with these um, inner monsters, you know. Is there any framework, any other framework, any other support or advice or readings that people can make so they can... A really good book that I read very, very early on in my career was Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan mm-hmm. Jeffers. And she's written a, uh, she wrote a few books, but Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway was basically around the assumption that the fear is always going to be there and to just move through it. Because if we fear too much, we're not going to, we're going to be stuck. And the fear of doing anything is always going to be there. So, you know, that kind of field of writing is, is something I quite like. Um, there's a lot of, as oh, goodness, I could talk about books for, for <laughs> hours. But um, to be honest, I mean, I think we've got the world at our fingertips these days in a, in a phone in our pocket. Uh, just Google or YouTube motivational stuff and things will just pop up and, and that will get you moving. But, um, yeah, feeling, feeling the Feeling the fear and doing it anyway is kind of a saying that I have now. And knowing that the roller coaster of life has its ups and its downs, and when I'm on the down, I know the ups coming, the exciting bits happening. 
So reframing that is probably a good thing that I do too. Reframing. And I guess we go to school and we learn all these things about mathematics, geography, history, but they never teach us about how to face our fears, right? And feel our fears and move, and move forward. We never learn these things. And I guess our parents also are many times afraid. Mm -hmm. So it seems like we have to self-educate ourselves through this important yeah stuff. and i think you have right. to take the reins of that and i think you have to get books and you have to educate yourself whether you're reading books or listening to audio books as i said we've got technology there now every we can have the library if you need to and and use the internet there we've got all this access to so many resources and i think a lot of people are forgetting that they can they can drive their own bus they get to do they make get to make the decisions in their life they can get to choose to re-educate themselves or further improve themselves and I think we're, we're definitely um, stuck with the old way of thinking in, in schooling is that we have to conform and we have to you have to get a certificate at the end of it to, to be able to learn something and I think we need to change that a little bit. It's a new paradigm, it's a paradigm shift, right? Mm. Mm. It reminds me of your first secret of your book which talks about taking action. Yes. Is, is taking action the first important step? I think, well, I think they're all important, to be quite honest, but I think I put that at the beginning just to yes. <laughs> the people going, what should I do? How about you just do something? Just take some action, and I think... What if I fail? What if I get so rejected, humiliated, and people laugh at me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just do something. <laughs> get over it, right? Pretty much. Well, we're always going to have a to-do list, right? Yes. We're always going to, oh, I've got a massive to-do list. What about if you just do one thing off your to-do list? That's something. But we get so overwhelmed and so, like I said, back to the elephant. What are you going to do? Eat the toenails first. We're always going to have something to do, but we're waiting for this magic pill of getting other people to do things for us or waiting for that perfect time or that perfect moment or that perfect person. What about if you just did it anyway? That reminds me of mindfulness. The mm. best moment to do it and the only moment that exists is now, right? That's right. So any major change, I guess, starts with an inner shift. Yes. And sometimes it takes a traumatic experience, I guess, for people to move forward. For some people, yeah. 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 I've also heard, like, we either learn from out of love or out of pain. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So pain can, sometimes can be a great teacher, right? Absolutely. What are some of the lessons that pain can teach us, Emma? What do you... What is your personal experience with that? Oh, goodness. I think <laughs> That's a difficult question, right? It is a difficult Painful. Question. It's a painful question. Um, lessons from pain. Look, I think the only thing I can... I, I automatically reframe everything nowadays because not only am I trained to do so, but it just works. So anything that's ever happened in the past, I consider it as feedback, not a failure. I also consider any painful moments in my life to have made me the person I am today, made me a stronger person. And it'd be very easy to sit in that victim mode of, oh, worries me, these things happen to me. But I, I make a conscious decision to make a choice over the way I feel about a certain thing. Taking ownership of your life and... 100%. I don't yes. think we're taking responsibility enough. And I guess this is the base of, like, Therapies like cognitive therapy, narrative therapy, tell a different story of your life, change the beliefs you have about, you know, that will change your thoughts and your behaviors. But it comes down to choice, right? Are we the victims of life or are we protagonists? Are we the captains of our soul? 
or are we afraid? You know. I think we've forgotten that we have choice. You're right. Mm. So the second secret here says, get clear. Yes. Look, if we can't, if we can't language something, how can we have it? So, if I could use the example of I've worked in the health industry for a number of years, and I would get people come to me and say they wanted to lose weight, and I would ask them how much, and they would say, I don't know, I just want to lose weight. Well. There's, your, there's one of your problems, is that if you don't know what it is that you want, how are you going to get it? So by getting clear, and whether it be about losing weight or whether it be about changing your career or moving across the world, whatever that is, if you cannot language it or visualize it or put any meat around what it is that you want, I believe you can't get it. It's out of your, it's out of your reach. Does it help if, we, if we people are also write it down? 100%, whatever works. Whether you draw it out, write it out, speak it out. Mm. If you just visualize every single day about what you want in life, then that's one step further to not doing it anything at all, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. And also, I like the idea of being specific because I think it takes a different kind of commitment to put the thought and energy, you know, and time into deciding exactly what we want and how do we want it or as much accurate as possible. Yep. Instead of saying, oh, I would like to have a better life experience in the future at some point. Yes. What it is that we can do today, perhaps. What kind of action, as you say, yes. secret number one, to get your seat done. What kind of action can I take today in a clear way, you know, yep. to move forward. Yes. And then I hear that sometimes from people, which calls your secret number three. And I, I'm sure that people will have to read the book to get all the information, you know, but yeah, we can give them a small teaser, which is your why. So people sometimes say, like, what's, what's the point, you know? Why would they do that? I think it comes back to the faith, right, that people don't believe. Mm. But then there is also another why, I think, that you're referring in the book, which is what is the reason that people will change, you know? Yeah, so I talk about an emotional why. Mm. And, and a lot of people will use their, their kids or their partners as their reasons why they do something. And I, I tend to disagree with that because I think certainly your kids will always love you no matter what you do. So if I had to go to jail for some reason, my kid would still love me. So she's not a big enough reason why, right? So I think you kind of have to, have, again, add some meat around why you're doing something for, for myself putting a book out and I've got more books coming out it's about getting that message out there so at least then somebody else can read that and then change their life and then maybe they could pass that book on to somebody else and then that, that's the ripple effect for me moving forward so that's one of my whys goes back to your deep values right what do you value in life what yeah. do you want to accomplish what difference do you want to make in life yeah and it goes back to your identity secret number four like what is your identity are you a victim or you're, you're an empowered you know agent of change and support and transformation for people. Yeah, and we have a lot of identities. I mean, I have, I've lost count of how many identities I have. I have a mum, I'm a business owner, I'm a, a partner, I'm a daughter, I'm, I'm a cleaner. <laughs> all these things, right? Yes. But I think for a lot of people, they're not, um, they're not working out who their identity is. And if you're not sure who your identity is, then you're going to self-sabotage yourself. So you've really got to have a think about, well, who am I being? So as a business owner, uh, you know, do, does a successful entrepreneur press snooze 15 times in the morning when they wake up? Well, no, they don't. So for me, my identity being an entrepreneur is I'll get up 
when the alarm goes off and I'll go and do that thing because that's what in my mind we do. More secrets to getting shit done with Emma Perro after a small break. secrets well we can we can I can give you some more secrets out of the book I mean obviously I'd love people to, to read it and buy it because the book itself is actually more of a workbook too yes right inside it so it's a, a work in progress book but um I think you know a, a valuable secret to talk about is something as simple as using a timer to get your your shit done so you know we set a timer for 25 minutes and go and do something if we are saying to ourselves, I'm going to take all, I've got all day to go and do that task, whether mm. it be our housework, whether it be our study or our job or whatever it is. If we say we've got all day to do something, we'll probably take all day or not do it at all. But if we give ourselves a limited time frame, for example, 25 minutes, then we're more likely to get it done because we've got that timer. So I do talk about using a timer throughout the book because that's also how I wrote the book too is not only did I get up early and do a thousand words a day, but I did it in 25-minute blocks. And so you can just, just do that. So even if you just say to your kids, go inside your room for 25 minutes, it's better than doing nothing at all. <laughs> Or staying there the whole day and not tidying up anything. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> Making things worse. Yes. So timing helps with procrastination, right? And also focusing the energy. Yes. And taking the decision that you're going to be focused and mindful and work hard for the next you know, time set. That's right. And that also leads on to changing your state. So I also talk about, you know, it's very easy to sit there and, 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 and procrastinate, for example. So you can change your state by doing three things. You, can, you could stand up. You're more motivated when you're standing up. You're more motivated when you're doing, changing your physiology. Look at what you're focusing on. You know, are you focusing on the things you can't do? Maybe it's time to focus on the things you can do. It's very easy to sit in can't when we can also flip to I can. And also looking at the language that you're speaking to yourself. Now, we speak to ourselves sometimes in a pretty derogatory way. If we spoke to our best friends or our family members the way we speak to ourselves, we wouldn't have anyone around us, would we? So just listening, tuning in and listening to ourselves speak to ourselves I guess while you are speaking, I'm thinking there are so many people out there that they never, like, they are so focused on helping others, you know, taking care of others, being accepted. So sometimes they forget to look back at themselves. And I guess it may be painful at the beginning, but uh, does it worth it? What do you think, Emma? Well, look, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it because it's, 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 it
looking after ourselves, right? <laughs> Despite the pain, there is the initial pain of uh, noticing that you exist and that you need also to be taken care of. Oh, I think I think we we're, we're not vulnerable enough. Mm. I think we forget that everybody else has problems too, and we can't be our true selves and ask for help. And we try and put this protective wall around us to say everything's perfect. And social media doesn't doesn't help because people it doesn't. like seemingly people are having amazing lives. Yes, nice photos, nice food. That's right. But um, I often, if you follow me on social media, I'll often do a hashtag keeping it real and I'll take pictures of my messy bedroom or <laughs> washing up in my sleep. Seems like a movement in favour of authenticity, right? That's right, yeah. And I think we just forget that, you know, the biggest problem is that other people have problems too and we think we get so entrenched in our own thoughts that we're the only one with the problem and that we can't reach out for help because that's a sign of vulnerability, when actually you can, because if somebody asked you for help, you'd help them back, so why can't you? Why can't we help ourselves, right? Mm. I get a lot of mums who are not selfish enough, but they're looking after other people. Yes, that's a big work. That. Don't be selfish. They have to be selfish because if they're not looking after their own mental health and physical health, then they're not going to be in any fit state to look after their kids or their families. They're going to get the shell left over. So Especially when the kids are so sensitive, right? And they can feel everything. Yeah. So they know if you're happy. They know if you're congruent. They know if you're, you know, walking your talk. Yes. So I deal with a lot of mum guilt. So I, I believe that mum guilt is an illusion. I think it's an excuse. And I think that we should look after ourselves a little bit. As mums, we should definitely look after ourselves first, and then the children. And I know that's going to mess with some people's values <laughs> but ultimately if we don't look after ourselves there's not going to be anybody to look after the kids or the, the family exactly yes it goes again back to identity you know and conditioning yeah and some things i guess they take time until they change yes, but i also think it's important ago, for people to we talk were, you know we were having to do everything and stiff up a lip i know from a british background that we couldn't show our emotions yes it wasn't that long ago, really, in Victorian times. It could be a sign of uh, weakness, right? That's right. So we wear these masks, these personas, and we pretend everything is fine mm. when there's so much going on and people are desperate to express that. That's right. And that's, and that's a very shallow life, in my opinion. And, and it's okay to have all emotions of the spectrum. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be happy. We don't run away from happiness, do we? But we tend to run away from sadness. It's okay to have every single emotion because that's being a human human being. It's kind of cool. <laughs> Having all these emotions, accepting them and working through them, right? That's right, yes. Not an easy task no, in our society. Gosh, it was, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we... It's simple. We it's not easy, right? We can just expect that this is what, this is what happens and this is life. I guess people expect other people to take care of them. So it's about reclaiming the sadness and reclaiming our power through our sadness and vulnerability, right? That's right. Mm. So this, all this happens also, people can get support through coaching, right? Yes. I guess this is one of the things that coaching fits in. If someone comes to you, let's say, and sees a mom, yes. she's going through a lot and she has these dreams that she had left behind, 
you will be able to do what for her in terms of coaching. Just, give, just giving you an example, you know, well, give, a case scenario. Give them a plan moving forward and not only recognize that they've, they've, they've done a good job, they're doing a good job. We don't give ourselves pats on the back mm. of us, give ourselves recognition. We have very high standards and we, we often nearly kill ourselves trying to reach these unachievable standards. And, and with a lot of my mum's um, getting with the mum guilt side of things, it's just recognizing, you know what, they're doing a good job and no one's perfect and how can we have more fun with our kids and not have that guilt around everything and that's just draining our energy emotionally and physically. Relaxing and sitting more in the role of mom and yes. being yes. integral yes. and living life in a more holistic way, right? That's right, looking at everything. Big ideas. Important ones, big ideas and important ones, and I guess I'm, I will go back to what you said before: small steps, you know, baby steps, yes. timing things, getting the support. What other practical things would you suggest for people that want to go through through this process of exploring themselves and improving their life? I think empowering yourself through your own learning is is a big thing. So you know, reading books or, or education. Yeah, educate yourself in, in what you need. In what you need, not a traditional idea, That's right? right? Yeah, exactly what you need. And it's like going back to philosophy, right? But the real one, not the one that they, the dead one that they talk at universities. Yes. <laughs> the actual philosophy which comes from the Greek word being like friend and lover of wisdom. Yes. It's becoming wise again. Yes. Waking up from the dream. That's right. A lot of people will attach education to getting a certificate at the end. Well, what if exactly. it wasn't? What if it was just about learning about yourself and just enjoying that? And most people do things that they think they should be doing, right? Mm -hmm. Especially adolescents. So I guess they also need support to figure out themselves and what do they really want to do, you know? Yeah, and learn from other people who have already done it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Like, we're all the same. We've all been there. How did that person get there? We modeling. You call this modeling in your book, right? Do, yeah, so modeling is a, a big thing that I do. I, if, I see some, if I want to go and do something, I'll go and look at, that, at somebody else and go, well, how did they do that? How can I mimic a step or two steps? It's not copying, it's modeling. So instead of sitting back and accusing and being jealous, you will go and ask them and learn and improve as well, I correct? Ask yeah, I ask <laughs> better questions. That's a change in In terms of uh, publishing your book, Emma, um, I know that you have your own publishing company, right? Yes. So if if someone would like to write his story, you know, and take it forward and write a book, I guess it's 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 a process. Mm -hmm. um, how could you support someone? Yes. Yeah, so the majority of clients have got an idea or a concept for a book. So with the the coaching that we do through that, it's more again about having a plan, and then coaching them through the mindset of an author and um, having the, the publishing house, we're able to print those books as well and, and get them out. So it's the self-publishing support and coaching. Is there a program that you offer? There is a program coming up. Um, we, we have a program anyway. If you go to queenspublishing.com.au, there is a program on there, but there's also a writing retreat that we're going to... We've got one coming up in March next year where we will actually help you even more hands-on to actually write your book next year. So if there is a will, there is a way, right? With Emma Perro. What is the number that people can contact you, Emma? Yep, it's 0406 940 780. 
I'll repeat that. If you want to publish your book, participate in the EMAS program, it's um, you need you can visit the website Queen's Publishing, or you can call yes, or you can call zero four zero six nine four zero seven eight zero. Thank you a lot, Emma. No worries. I will leave you now to go back to your kids and your books (laughs) and (laughs) beautiful Wollongong. And thanks a lot for all the information you passed and the nice conversation we had. I hope and I'm sure that uh, it will be of help for many people. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jimmy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Σήμερα μιλήσαμε με τη συγγραφέα από το Γουλουμόν Emma Pero, η οποία μας έδωσε πολλές ενδιαφέρουσες πληροφορίες όσον αφορά το πώς να αντιμετωπίζουμε τη ζωή το πώς να καταφέρουμε να επιτύχουμε σε αυτά που θέλουμε να πραγματοποιήσουμε και μιλήσαμε για κάτι πολύ σημαντικό το οποίο είναι το mindset mindset ίσως μια μετάφραση που μπορούμε να πούμε είναι η αντίληψη των πραγμάτων που έχουμε, το πώς σκεφτόμαστε για τα πράγματα. Πολλές φορές ζούμε σε μια τόσο γρήγορη ζωή, με τόσες πολλές υποχρεώσεις, που δεν έχουμε χρόνο να σκεφτούμε. Να σκεφτούμε για το τι θέλουμε να κάνουμε στο μέλλον, τι θέλουμε να πραγματοποιήσουμε, ποιοι είμαστε, πού πηγαίνουμε. Και αντί να σκεφτόμαστε, απλά αντιδρούμε σε αυτά που γίνονται, σε αυτά που η ζωή μας ρίχνει. Πιστεύω είναι θεμητό να αφιερώνουμε κάποιο χρόνο ενίοτε για να σκεφτόμαστε. Να σκεφτόμαστε το τι συνέβη, το τι θέλουμε να επιτύχουμε στο, στο μέλλον να πάρουμε μερικές αποφάσεις ίσως όπως η αίμα μας είπε να γράφουμε κάτω επίσης σε ένα χαρτί, σε ένα φύλλο χαρτιού μερικά μικρά σχέδια για το τι θέλουμε να κάνουμε τι μπορούμε να αλλάξουμε τι δεν μπορούμε πως αισθανόμαστε για διάφορα θέματα πολλές φορές πιστεύουμε δεν έχουμε χρόνο για να τα κάνουμε όλα αυτά αλλά μας σκεφτούμε πόσο χρόνο αφιερώνουμε πολλές φορές στο facebook ή στην τηλεόραση πίνοντας καφέδες, τα οποία όλα αυτά είναι θεμητά επίσης, αλλά ίσως αναφερώσουμε κάποιο χρόνο για να γράψουμε μερικά από αυτά που θέλουμε να πραγματοποιήσουμε, από αυτά που μας απασχολούν και όταν δεν μπορούμε να τα αντιμετωπίσουμε αν είναι κάτι σημαντικό, μπορούμε να υπάρχουν τόσο ειδικοί σε όλα τα θέματα. Όταν χτυπάμε το πόδι μας πηγαίνουμε στο γιατρό, όταν πονάει το κεφάλι μας πολλές φορές παίρνουμε ασπιρίνη, όταν θέλουμε να κάνουμε τη φορολογική μας δήλωση πηγαίνουμε στο λογιστή οπότε γιατί όχι 
όταν χρειαζόμαστε βοήθεια για να πραγματοποιήσουμε τα όνειρά μας, να μιλήσουμε σε κάποιον ειδικό, σε κάποιον coach ή counselor ή κάποιον που θα μπορεί να μας καθοδηγήσει, να είναι σαν mentor. Παρόλο ότι είμαστε δυνατοί, πιστεύω ότι όλοι χρειαζόμαστε αυτή τη βοήθεια. Και όπως είπε και η Έμα επίσης, βιβλία. Πολλές φορές αυτή η βοήθεια μπορεί να έρθει από βιβλία, από έργα, από ταινίες, από κάποια τραγούδια. Οτιδήποτε μπορεί να μας κάνει να αισθανθούμε καλύτερα. Να αλλάξει η ψυχολογία μας. Για παράδειγμα η Έμα είπε ότι άμα σηκωθεί πάνω, αλλάζει, μπορεί να αλλάξει η φυσιολογία μας και επίσης αλλάζει και η ψυχολογία μας. Έχω ακούσει πρόσφατα ότι, για παράδειγμα, αν θέλεις να έχεις αυτοπεποίθηση όταν πας σε, ένα δύσκολο, σε μια δύσκολη συνάντηση, σε ένα meeting στη δουλειά, μπορείς να πάρεις αυτό που λένε μια power posture, το οποίο είναι να, να βάλεις το σώμα σε τέτοια μορφή στην οποία να αισθάνεσαι ότι είσαι ανοιχτό και ότι είσαι έτοιμος να αντιμετωπίσει οποιοδήποτε πρόβλημα. Οτιδήποτε μπορεί να κάνει τη διαφορά και κάθε μικρή αλλαγή μπορεί να οδηγήσει σε ένα μεγάλο Αποτέλεσμα. Ποτέ δεν είναι αργά, οποιαδήποτε ηλικία και να βρισκόμαστε, να αλλάξουμε κάτι στη ζωή μας, να εξασκηθούμε περισσότερο, να κάνουμε γυμναστική, να φάμε καλύτερα, να ζητήσουμε πληροφορίες, να διαβάσουμε βιβλία, να μάθουμε μια ξένη γλώσσα, να ταξιδέψουμε, γιατί όχι. Η ζωή είναι μια περιπέτεια. Αγαπητοί ακροατές, σας ευχαριστώ πολύ που μείνετε μαζί μας για αυτή την εκπομπή. Θα τα πούμε την επόμενη εβδομάδα. Μελωδίε Ζωής, με τον Δημήτρη Παπαλέξη. Μελωδικός σταθμός Αν Αν είχαν όλοι οι άνθρωποι να φαν Αν είχαν στο κρύο ένα μπουφάν
Καμπότζη, Αμερική και Πακιστάν Ουάσιγκτον, Καμόρα, Ταλιμπάν Πετρέλαια, Διαμάδια και Ιράν Bye.